morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending on your location. Welcome back to our podcast. This is our second episode, and it is titled Righteousness. I am Carrie Ellie. Andrew. And that is my husband. He will be the one speaking mostly tonight, and I will go based on what he is saying and give my input, hoping that this blesses someone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, righteousness. Let's not take it for granted because it's something that we all must strive for when seeking Christ, when following Christ. Um, because He is holy, He's all things good. You know, He knew no sin, and He wasn't anything wrong. God is everything right. There's a there's a point where we have to understand that we were technically right morally as a human as human beings, but what about being right in the eyes of God? Being right in in the, in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and to do things according to God's to God's will, not our will. When we strive for righteousness, it's it's to do things right under God, through God, for God, putting the kingdom first. We have to do these things, or make that choice, I should say, to do things right, because God is right. And what does, what consists of being righteous? Like, what do you gotta do, or what... What does it mean to be righteous? I know you said that it's to be morally right under God, but does that mean like in opinion or in the way that we act? How can we become righteous? Now, in order to understand this for people who don't or who haven't, you know, taken that step onto being, or at least taking that first step onto being a, a follower of Christ. Righteousness, to be righteous, is to do things right under God. So, in, in smaller terms, or easier terms, um, is to do things right morally. Because technically, we were immoral. We were born in sin. That's where that comes back up. You know, we were born with that fallen nature. But when we understand that we're broken, we're wrong, because we have welcomed sin into the world, we try to live our lives righteously. And what is sin, if you can explain it to those? Because we all know when we read, if we have read the Bible, we think that sin is just these normal things that people call out sin, like for example, and, and again, this is not, I want to repeat and I want to state this in this episode as well, if you heard the first one. These topics that we talk about and these conversations that we have, in no way, shape, or form is to condemn someone or belittle or degrade anyone, but there are going to be topics that are going to be sensitive. And so we know that people know about the deadly seven sins and what they are and, and all this stuff that society has taught us, like, you know, homosexuality, we know murdering, we know stealing, we know killing is sin. But sin can 
can also be other things. And can you explain those uh, other things that people might not think that they're sin, but they're actually sin? Well, it's what I've like newly learned to acquire from my walk. Is any any sin is anything you do, think, or say that are against God. Like what? Like thoughts. So uh, when he says not to covet, you know, don't uh, don't look at your neighbor's wife and you know have a secret um, admiration for her behind your wife's back, you know, because then you're coveting. You're 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 covering something up. That you're thinking wrong. And you should be thinking about God and your wife and your family. Um, when you do physically, is it um, bodily harm to yourself? Because God didn't create us to, you know, harm ourselves, harm the temple, and, you know, hurting others. We see people, we see the first murder in Cain and Abel. He went against his brother, took his brother's, his brother's life physically. And he should have been caring for spiritually. So in other words, lust, in other words, jealousy, in other words, anger, hate, unforgiveness, bitterness, and these can be towards others and it can also be towards yourself. When we don't forgive someone or we haven't forgiven ourselves, we are putting ourselves as idols because of the fact that we think we can judge in that way. Or make decisions in that way. Mind you, we are to righteously judge, which is to morally choose what is correct in the biblical sense. Not to judge by appearance, not to judge by emotions, because in the word, the Lord says that the heart is deceitful. And we all know that the heart can cause emotions that will make us think certain ways, and in those thoughts, we might actually physically act out on it. So, sin is something that is against God, that offends God, that basically breaks his heart, whether it's something we say when we're angry, whether it's something we say when we are jealous, upset. It can be something that we think because God knows all things. He knows our hearts. He doesn't trust man because he knows that man is weak in the sense of we go based on our emotions. And so when we think thoughts, it's almost like actually doing them. Uh, and also physically doing sin is also a blockage from keeping us in relationship with God. And that was what? Thoughts and physical and now saying things. So saying things sinful wise. You know, that could be cursing. And cussing. And because those two things are different. People think yeah, that yeah. cussing and cursing is the same thing and it's not. Cursing is basically like, you know, putting, let, for, let, let's be, you know, realistic. Cursing is almost like putting a, 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 for most people they would think spells and stuff like that. Yes, that's part of cursing, but cursing can also be something like speaking down to someone. Uh, for example, telling someone they'll never become something in life. Right. Uh, saying you're too lazy, you'll never be, you'll never be something. You can't do it. You know, you can't get far. You are nothing. You know, cursing is that way, which is basically not speaking life into someone's life. And then cussing. Cussing is uh, obviously the bad words that I'm not going to mention because I got set free from that. Praise, hallelujah, Jesus. 
um, but cussing, saying bad words, and it says in the word, because a lot of people, and even Christians on social media will say, well, it doesn't say nothing in the Bible about cussing. Yes, it does. It says, let no foul language come out of your mouth. Remember, we have the power and uh, in the tongue of life and death. So being righteous, you know, being a righteous Christian or believer, however you want to see yourself in your walk, to be righteous, you must not do the things that cause you to offend and come against God because now you're choosing not to be righteous. You're choosing yourself. Right, you're dictating yourself to be above what God's standards are. And God's standards are clear as day throughout Scripture. Strive after righteousness. Um, in Psalms 23.3, KJV, He restoreth my soul and leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Not, not ours, but in God's name. We should strive after this. He is my strength. He's going to give me the strength to pursue righteous way if I allow him. And see, we got to understand that because we're broken and fallen in sin of this world, we're always going to be a part of this world. Not righteous, not right technically, because I mean, nobody's nobody's right. God said so himself in the scripture, not one. Let every man be a liar. Because it's true. We don't know our hearts. Our hearts are usually deceitful most of the time. Everybody's always at like break it down on some real terms here like everybody's always in their feelings and how has that turned out for a lot of people the number one the number one killer is pride Pride. i mean pride is what got us destroyed kind of in the first place you know because satan who was lucifer up in the heavens was an angel himself you know and he was almost like the right hand man of god until he started saying and thinking i can become better than god and that was pride. And that got him kicked out of heaven. And it's pride till this moment in earth that keeps us either from forgiving someone because we're too prideful, we're too hurt, you know, we're too victimized to, to forgive someone, we're too prideful to put someone first, we're too prideful to let our guard down, we're too prideful to let go of certain things, we're too prideful to think that others can help us. So just those things alone, pride alone, is the number one killer of righteousness. It can even be... Pride is used in so many ways that people don't imagine that they're like, wow, you know, I didn't know I was being prideful. Even even not receiving help is being prideful. Asking for help is being prideful. You know, we need to humble ourselves, and humbleness is one of the things that sum up righteousness as well. That lead to righteousness. Right. Because you're willing to understand and accept that, oh, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Right. Somebody can grow up, you know, get very successful in life, and then boom, they hit rock bottom. Then they sit there and think about it like, oh man, I didn't really have it all figured out. Life wasn't always all, you know, I expected it to be. But with Christ, all things are possible. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. God's righteous way is the best way, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful process. Beyond, beyond explanation, you have to experience it. Right. And, and it says in Proverbs 21, I love Proverbs, and uh, my husband uses the KJV, but it says, He that followeth after righteousness, and we have to understand that God is righteousness. Amen. Okay? He is righteousness. 
not only does he have and conduct himself in righteousness, but he is the very definition of righteousness. God is just. Some people might see him that way, but it's because, again, they're in their feelings. God is a just God. He is a fair, loyal, righteous God. There is no fault in him. There is no lies in him, okay? So in Proverbs 21, 21, it says, He that followeth after righteousness, a.k.a. God, he who follows after him, and mercy findeth life. Why? Because through Jesus Christ, we have life. We have salvation. Okay, so he that followeth after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Because if we are reborn of water and of the Spirit through Jesus Christ, that means our sins are washed away, we receive the Holy Ghost as a gift with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That means Jesus now is in us, therefore righteousness should be in us, because he is righteous. So... There's no fault in God. Will we mess up after being saved? Of course, there's going to be incidents where we mess up, and hopefully not on purpose. We're going to mess up. We repent, pick up our cross, and continue daily. But that's better than just staying in sin and not aiming towards righteousness. And I want to break down a point because I've been dwelling on righteousness all week. You know, there's going to be a point where people are going to say, oh, well, I'm, well, people have thought that they were righteous, mm. just like the Pharisees. Self-righteousness, the yeah, yeah. Self-righteousness. So I believe what, I, you know, what I've learned is, a, is above everybody, and it's above me, but I live by it, and I have to push it on you. Right, right. You know, but that's not how it is. Like we said, it's self-righteousness. It's not the righteousness of God. Because there's a difference. There's good self-righteousness, and, and there's, there's bad self-righteousness. Yeah, and there's bad self-righteousness. And I want people to understand that the difference is... They're not doing it under God or of God. They're not seeking that righteousness of God. They're seeking it after their own righteousness. After their own righteousness. And it's clear as day in Scripture. So, um, in correlation to that, James 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 20, KJV. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So, man's anger, man's way of handling things maliciously, you know, throughout all these wars that we have ever dealt with. And pride. And pride, (laughs) you know, don't work under the righteousness of God. I mean, every country is a bully to itself and a bully to one another, but in the end, are they really doing it for God? No, they're doing it for their own personal gain, their own self-righteous standing. Uh, and, and, and I'm reading John as you know, as in my own time. It was so crazy to me that they had the Word manifested in the flesh dwelling among them, but they were so prideful, self-righteousness in themselves that they didn't want to accept the righteousness of God standing before them. Right. Because why? They wanted to do it their own way. They became their own gods. And we also see in the word of John that they knew, they knew Jesus Christ was being truthful, that he was the son of God, that he was God manifested in the flesh. They knew, but they couldn't lose their position in society. The status quo. Their self-righteousness. 
We have many out there that are self-righteous in the way that they belittle others, that they think they're better than others, that no one can tell them any different because they know all. And that is self-righteousness with pride. Now, there's self-righteousness when it comes to a believer knowing right and wrong, you know, standing up for those that can't speak, helping thy neighbor, you know, putting thy neighbor first, giving your clothes away for your neighbor. There's there's a verse there that says that if someone takes your tunic, give them your tunic and give them the other tunic type of ordeal, you know. There's different types of self-righteousness. There's the healthy type and then there's the unhealthy type. And we as believers must be very careful not to turn into self-righteousness in pride. Amen, amen. And that's the thing. We can't let righteousness, um, how can I say, envelop or overtake the pride that we need to kill. Exactly. Because the righteousness of God is correct morally. Strive to do things under God righteously. I want to say something before you continue about pride. Uh-huh. Um, because I had to explain it to my children because they actually asked me a question that was good. Because mind you, from the mouth of babes, we can even learn certain things. And my oldest, who I shall not name for privacy concerns, but my oldest was, well, mother, you know, is it wrong for us to be or take pride in something? And it sat me down and I'm like, well, you know, like he hit me with that question. I'm like, that's a good question because there is healthy pride and then there's unhealthy pride. Right, right. And people will say, well, what does that mean? Healthy pride is when, for example, let's say you constructed something, you built something, it took you hours, it took you days, it took you months, and then once you're done with it and you sit back and you look at it and you see the beautiful gift and blessing that God gave you a gift to construct that, because we got to see that God gave us that gift to even think of the idea to construct something, you can take pride and joy that you completed a mission, that you completed something. Um, for ex- Another example is, for many moms and dads out there, you might have a, a, a son or a daughter that is in a sport, you know, and they practice and practice because let's say, let's, let's, let's be honest, some of us, we suck, and, and we have to work hard, you know, and, and practice and, and, and achieve certain movements to, to hit that goal or to make that ball in that basket or hit the hockey putt into the thing. And you're prideful and you're like, yes, that's my baby. He did it. She did it. That's healthy pride. Why? Because it took time. It took sacrifice for that to be mastered versus pride. Nobody can tell me nothing. I am good. I'm I'm better than what anybody says I am. You know, there's that unhealthy pride. And the Pharisees in, in the Bible took that unhealthy pride and said, this, I know the scriptures. You can't tell me. They even asked Jesus, with what authority do you think you can teach? Uh, Excuse me? With what authority? And I love Jesus for being (laughs) sarcastic in that way. He was like, with what authority? You know, if you can answer me, I'll answer you. Right. Right? But there were people that, that, you know, were were healthy pride. And and, and to this day, like, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a believer of Christ. Why? Because it took a long time for me to get here. And even when I used to mess up, God still chose me. And that was, and it's hard. Being a believer of Christ is not easy. 
But each and every day that I wake up and conquer something else that I couldn't do without him, because now I do it with him. Amen. That's, I'm, it's a, all glory to God. Glory. And so I just wanted to point out the good pride and the bad pride. No, I'm gonna Mind re- you, I'm gonna all pride is bad. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> going to relate with you on that because um, in the scripture, uh, God says, when you're at work, think about work. Amen. That right. is true. You know, and that's okay. You know, when we're at our jobs, we're, our focus should be on our job. Pridefully, you know, like I take appreciation and pride for the work that I do. Right. I love my job. Like you saw how I was when I was landscaping. I couldn't stop talking about grass when I got home. That's true life. You know, so <laughs> um, we are allowed to take pride in these. And I forgot who the architect was in the scriptures where he asked. Like he took pride in his, uh, his um, don't hide your face from you. Um, and he was bro- broken down under the tree. Nathaniel. Nathaniel. He was the architect. He wanted to build for God. You know, that was pride. That was healthy pride because he wanted to do things unto God. Right. And um, I just wanted to connect that note that God does say, yeah, we are allowed to be prideful, but it has to be the right kind of pride. You know, I take pride in my children. You know, I take pride in my job. I take pride in my wife. You know, I take pride in my family because they're a very good support system. You know, and I take pride in my job because that's how I'm providing. God has given me the strength to wake up and provide for my family. Right. You know, these are the things that we can take pride in. You know, let alone the skills that we all, all you know, everybody uniquely have. Uh, we got artists, architects, you know, we got masonry people who know how to handle with uh, concrete. You know, like, these are skills, trade skills nowadays. You know, these are things that we can take pride in. Masonry, masonry the... No, masonry. Oh, okay, okay. Masonry, no, <laughs> not mason. Okay, okay. No, masonry. I work. wanted to clear that up because I'm like, what? No, 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 masonry work. Like, if somebody has concrete stairs, gotcha. you know, you need a mason to do masonry work. Right. No, we're not talking about those Freemasons. That's the difference. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Pharisees and Sadducees are, they were the religious leaders of the time when Christ was still walking the earth. And they sound similar, but they're very not. Pharisees actually believed in the resurrection, and Sadducees are your modern-day atheists. Again, no condemnation, but they didn't believe in the resurrection. And there's actually scriptures where the Sadducees actually questioned Jesus Christ about resurrection. And, of course, our Lord and Savior gives them a beautiful answer, which I encourage you guys to look for yourself. But I just want to make sure that people understand that, you know, those were the religious leaders of the day during that time. And as you heard, one group believed in the resurrection. They believed in the Messiah. But they didn't believe that he would come down as a king. Well, no, you got it reversed. They yeah, believed yeah. that they they believed in the Messiah. They just thought that he was going to come in a in a knight shining armor with riches and gold and from a place that was valuable. But Jesus, God is so good. I love how he does things. He humbled himself and chose the one spot that people thought nothing good could come out of. He came dressed as a carpenter, a job that really wasn't taken serious. You know, he just came out of nowhere and, and literally people, even his disciples were like, this is the Messiah? This is Where's the army? You know, because they thought they were going to fight against the ones that had them captured and under, you know, the Romans at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, that were basically keeping them in, like, oppression, you know, and and they were expecting Jesus to come 
which he will come in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In, in a shining armor, white horse with his armies. But they thought that that was what's going to happen. He's like, okay, we're ready to fight. You know, Peter was the number one. Like, okay, we're ready to fight. Let's go fight. Let's, let's do this. And Jesus was like, no. <laughs> I have a different way of fighting. Right. No, and the Roman Empire kept, um, I guess, if we'll look at the time, the Hebrews. Um, or the Jewish people at that time. They, were, they kept them oppressed through taxation. Right. And they thought that, you know, Jesus was coming as, like I said, as a military type of war and, and Jesus was they like thought, I have a different way of fighting that's going to cause more wins in the future. Amen. I'm not gonna I'm not here to um fight for you physically, I'm here to fight for you spiritually. Amen. I'm gonna be in oh I love how he told, you know, Andrew and uh, Peter. I don't know, Andrew and Simon. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. Right. You know. Um but Let's get back on topic because you know how the Holy Spirit goes. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it does um, deal with self righteousness because yeah. we're talking about the the, the basically the, the roots, the characteristics of what doesn't keep you in righteousness, which is pride and and, and the unhealthy self righteousness of, of what people can do and what they might feel. Yeah, and that's one one we have to pay attention closely to because we aren't righteous until we've actually accepted Christ full-heartedly under that baptism of water. Right. And you guys got to be careful out there, man. Self-righteousness is very, very dangerous when it comes to understanding and accepting Christ in your life, trying to walk righteously. Um, there, it, it's all things good according to God's will, you know, and his standard. His standard is to be morally correct. You know, and a lot of us, when we hear this um, modern question today is, um, ooh, I just lost it. I'm sorry, guys. I lost that question. But um, a lot of us are asked that question, how does one become good under God? And the only way you can become good is by living like God. He came down as Jesus to show us how to live like him, to live through him with him on our side because when you get when you die in that water when you get baptized the old you dies and you are risen again with him and you come up a new creation he says i give you a new heart i take out that stony heart because our hearts are deceitful let's let's be honest people half the time our expectations according to reality don't always happen because it's usually our emotions and our heart our thought our heart and our brain are constantly against God because it won't, it can't accept God. But until you die and, and become reborn again, and that Holy Spirit is there to help guide you through this, through this walk, you know, through this actual extensive uh, <laughs> course on how to be like Christ or in Christ. It's it's a journey that has to be experienced and not just thought about. Not only not only that we have to experience, but we have to keep in mind that He's going to judge us in righteousness. In righteousness. You know, in Psalm 72, it says, uh, "May He judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice." So not only is it important for us to be righteous and to seek after righteousness because God is righteousness, but God is going to use that very righteousness to judge us. Because why? God does not go against his own word. He can't. 
he he can't why because he's loyal he's not a god of manipulation he's not a god of life he is loyal to his word and because he is the word he has to perform by the word so not only do we have to be righteous but he's going to judge us by that very righteousness he's going to judge us by by his biblical standards were we loving were we patient you know a lot of people go out here and do the works of god hallelujah because he tells us pray for those to be sent out there to reap the harvest in luke chapter 10 but we also have to understand that a lot of people do the works of god and forget who they're doing it for and so god is not just going to judge us by our works because our works come through faith and if you have faith faith alone will have you do these works but he'll also judge us based on our righteousness did we take time to help the, our neighbor did we t- he, did we take time to listen to our neighbor you know did we help that kid that was struggling in school instead of yelling at them you know was our kindness more greater than our our impatientness our uncompassionate hearts you know things like that so righteousness has a very um what's that word very broad uh meaning because it it it, it, it depends on anything everything you look at the good samaritan you know that the, the story of the good samaritan there I, I don't remember it exactly but there was a person in the middle of the street gotten beat up or whatever the case may be and two people passed him two people that two individuals that people actually were supposed to help him like a priest and somebody else you know but it was the samaritan the ones that were angry at the other type of people i think the jewish people they were angry because the jewish people told them that they couldn't go to the temple and praise and and worship god the samaritans were upset but still the samaritan was like you know what out of the kindness of my own heart i'm still going to help this individual take him to an inn pay for the days that he's going to stay here and pay for whatever he wants you know he put his pride to the side and took the righteousness of god and put his neighbor first he loved his neighbor he 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 helped his neighbor and went about his day you know and the lord tells us too that we need to be careful who and how we treat people in righteousness amen because of the simple fact that we don't know if they're angels in disguise or god himself right because we can't put us look y'all we cannot put god in a box we can't put okay so okay we can't limit him he can come yeah. down here yeah, that's right. and look what he did with abraham he came with two angels i know the word says the angel of the lord came with two other angels the angel of the lord is the holy spirit by all for all those that don't know um and so he came as a human being i mean for crying out loud he spoke to a donkey he spoke through a donkey you know so we have to be very careful who we're being mean to, who we're not being patient with, who we are not being compassionate with. Because even if the angels don't take forms of humans to come down here and test us, they can, God can still use another vessel to speak to us. And if we speak evil or evil about that person that God is using to correct us, to, to show us righteousness, that's going against him. Right. I love this one right here. Psalms 89:14, the Amplified version, the Amplified version. Um, Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Amen. Because it makes up who he is. This is my foundation. This is this is God telling you. This is what I'm built upon. These are some of the building stones that my foundation stands on my throne sits on me 
And these are just a couple of what he stands on. But if you can take from this scripture alone, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And mind you, this is David, the psalmist, writing a hymn for the Lord. And we got to understand that if, because you probably know more about this than I do, but a foundation is basically like the beginning of a house. You got to build a foundation before you build the house, because without the foundation, the house will fall apart. Right. So it's literally saying that righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. It's what he's built upon. Why? Because he is righteous. Right. All things good. Right. All things good. And I, I can't stress it to you guys enough. Like, God is like, okay, I'll put it in modern terms so people can understand it a little bit more clear. Because my my point on doing these podcasts is to help people understand God. And from my point of view. And my point of view is you guys can understand is that God is like the bright light, right? In this cloud of darkness, which is the world. Because we know that the world can only give us what we see, which is only temporary. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, Scripture states clear as day that this world is going to pass. And those who love the world aren't going to benefit anything but the world only. What are you going to get when this world goes away? God is life eternally, forever. Just like his word has been standing through the test of time against every other religion, every other faith, why is it that his word still stands today? Because his word is true. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but when people say, well, when people get asked that question, you know, do they believe in God or are they willing to come to God and they turn away, it's because they're... They understand that the foundations of Christ are everything correct, morally correct. Right, and people love to live in their sin. And I was actually thinking that earlier today, honey. That they love to live in their sin, sorry. No, it, 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 it was crazy because um, we took a field trip today with our children. And, <laughs> and I was just, I go about my day sometimes thinking about the Lord. I, I mean, most of the time, let's be honest. But, you know, everyone loves God until it goes against what they want to do. And until they, it gets real. Right, until they it gets uncomfortable. For instance, many will say, you know, I believe in God, I believe in God, and until God tells you in the Word that you can't keep going after that married man. Until God tells you you can't love that same sex that you're liking. You know, and, you know, many people will say, well, God should love me. He created me, and God is love. God is love, which is why as a loving parent, will correct their child. You know, it says in the Word that a parent who doesn't correct their child must not love their child. Why? Because if their child ends up doing evil and their parents just support them, then you're condoning to that evilness. And a righteous parent won't let their child do harm or go into harm because it will cause them harm to themselves. Right. It's like Scripture clearly states, God loves us, but He doesn't love our sin. Right. And people don't understand is that the way they're living without God is sinful. Right. Because there are things that aren't righteous. They're not things that are right under the eyes of heaven, under God's eyes. 
That's why he's described in scriptures with eyes of fire. His eyes are burning because he's seeing everything with anger. Yes, God is going to be angry because his children are committing wrong, sinful things, things that offend him. So if, like, if your child, if a parent loves their child, don't you think that they're going to correct their child? Yes, through chastisement, through the actual uh, walk of life with Christ, you're going to be made new. He says, come to me as you are. That doesn't mean come later or come five years later. Come as you are, broken down, depressed, sappy, hat, full of anxiety, you know, gay, happy, straight, hetero. I mean, whatever you are, God says, come to me. I will, I will make a new you. I will give you a new heart. Everybody's heart now is on the verge of being hardened. Just like he hardened Pharaoh's heart when Moses was trying to convince his aunt. Like, technically, technically, he grew up with him. You know? So it was like his brother. We all understand that. And Moses didn't want Pharaoh to go through that, but he didn't understand that God had to harden his heart for him to glorify himself through the saving of his own people. People don't understand today that without a righteous understanding of God, you're going to continue to be self-righteous. And that's where everybody thinks, and, and this is where the question comes that many will say, well, how come that good person died? Or how come bad things happen to good people? And, and it goes with what you said, you know, in Romans, it says we all fall short. We all fall short. What does that mean? We're not good. We're not good. And why, why do I say this? Because at one time in our life, whether you're a believer or not, you have thought of doing wrong to somebody. You have thought of avenging someone. You have gotten upset and impatient because something didn't go your way. You got, uh, you felt rejected in some way, so you had to do something else about it. You know, we all have fallen short to the mercy of God, but yet he gives it to us because he loves us. And and so for us to to think that way, you know, that's being self-righteous in an unhealthy way. We, we are not better than God. We are not wiser than God. We are not stronger than God. And we are not sneaky. To, to think that we can do things in the dark and God not know about it. You know, people might not know what we're doing because you're doing it in the dark, but it also says in the Word that everything that's done in dark will come to light. Meaning eventually that lie, that secret, that uh, action that you took that no one knows about will eventually come to the light. Because like I told my children when I tried to have them speak truth, is that when you tell a lie, what must be done to keep that lie going? More lies. And eventually, there's going to be a lie that you forgot you told, and that's going to break the story because you're going to mix the story, uh, 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 you know, you're going to mix the story and its details, and then you're going to get caught in the lie. You know, so that's, that's that unhealthy self-righteousness that we think that we're perfect, that we're good, that, you know, I'm I'm a great person. I feed the poor. I go to church every Sunday. I do this. I do I I I I. And it's like, no. We all fall short. We all have something that we're battling with and thank God that he's our strength. Amen. 
He mm. goes before us and behind us and side to side. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Oh Amen. my gosh, like that is so good, God. Thank you, Lord. Like I love that when I'm feeling down and broken, God is the one to strengthen me. I'm always attacked mentally because I deal with the battleground on a daily basis, guys. I'm always my thoughts are always overcrowded with thoughts of lust and thoughts of stuff that I used to do because that was my old life and the enemy knows how to use that against me to try and keep me unrighteous and the battle is real like scripture says that our thoughts are not his thoughts our ways are not his ways he says that for a reason because he came down as Jesus and he went through the things that we all go through every single day. That's why when we go through something, we're supposed to turn to Christ. That's why he says, cast all your cares onto me. Because he's, like, if you were to knock on the door and say, Jesus, this woman is bothering me, calling me, you know, just doing everything that I don't need to do with her anymore. And God tell, and his reply to you would be, I've been through that. I can help you through that. Because he's already dealt how to deal as a human here on earth, as a human being, because he was born through divine ways beyond our explanation. You know, through a woman, like everybody, you know, we need to understand that God came down as a man through a woman through a divine pregnancy. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, this is God we're talking about here. And he went through the things that we went through as a human not only to show that what we can do through him as long as we have him with us and continue in that relationship with him but to show us that we can overcome these thoughts and these ways these bad ways these fallen ways these carnal ways these fleshly ways when we say flesh guys we mean the body and so what society wants us to do things Act, eat. Yeah, so I mean, like, look how hard um, obesity is being pushed today. And it's not thought as obesity because, one, we're comfortable with eating everything in sight. You know, that's just the American way. We got to eat everything. Marketing, you know, I can go deeper about it, but it's not the topic today. But it's easy to be fat, but it's hard to be healthy. Like, why is that a thing, you know? So. As long as they can continue to trick your brain on eating these things, you're going to continue to eat things that aren't healthy, that are going to be so bad for your body. But beyond that, um, see, God, God takes me everywhere, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like I could go so far with this, but I want you guys to understand that the battle is real. Like, I go through this every day to strive to be right under God, and it's only with myself that I have to deal with on my on, on a daily basis guys and you know I do it not for myself but for God because God is the one giving me the strength to do it every single day to do right, right. and God went through what we went through that's what I'm I, I, like I want to stress that to you guys like God already went through this entire life as a human being for 32 years or I think it's technically 33 years I, I, I was off by one you know, we only read in the Bible that Satan tempted him three times, but there was more more temptation than that. You know, we gotta... God gave us his word, but we have to also use common sense. 
It also states in the word that, you know, if, if all the things that Jesus did while his ministry was going on from the moment he was born to the moment he went to the cross, it, we would never be ending, we would never finish reading the Bible. We would never finish reading the Bible. And so, I like what Psalms 11, 7 says, For the Lord is absolutely righteous. The Lord. And we also got to understand that Jesus is mentioned in the Old Testament. Please discern that. If you have not understand that, please reach out to us. But anyways, it says, For the Lord is absolutely righteous. He loves righteousness. He loves it. To be righteousness is to have virtue, morality, and justice. So it doesn't just have to be with morals. It's about being justice, to treat people with justice, not to treat people in partial, all right? And and it says, the upright shall see his face. Those who keep righteousness will get to see his face, okay? And then it says, Psalms 15, 2, it says, he who walks with integrity and strength of character and works of righteousness and speaks and holds truth in his heart. So it's like God tells us in, in Psalms and in Proverbs and in Psalms throughout the Bible that righteousness is, is very important because when we carry righteousness in our hearts and in our characters, that leads us to seeing God's face. Because why? If we are righteous and if righteous is the foundation and if righteousness is God, then God dwells in me, which means I have a relationship with him, which nothing can separate me from him, which means that when I die here physically, my spirit is going to see him in heaven and we're going to see his face. And if you're truly a believer and you're truly a born of water and a spirit, that means if you have righteousness, you have him in you. So you're already a step ahead from those that don't know who he is. You're a step ahead. You got the cheat code. Right. You can act like we don't know, but we know. <laughs> you know, and, it's, and, and he even questions us in Psalms. It says, do you indeed speak righteousness, O heavenly beings, even to the, the angels? He, he questions. See, we're going to judge everything. He says, do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge fairly, O sons of men? You know, he, he, he asks, he's going to ask us, hey, when this decision came upon you, did you did you make the right decision or did you do the politically correct decision? Right, right. Today's terms would be, oh, politically correct. Right. You know, and to that, the glory be to God. The glory be to God because all things under God are, are good. are good and I, I don't i don't want people to think that oh no god is you know like i i don't like how society has portrayed god to be you know excruciatingly condescending god's not here to you know condescend anybody he's not here to condemn anybody you know throughout history people have portrayed god to be all oh, this ever judging god who's gonna judge you for farting the wrong direction. No, that's not what he's here to do. Like the smallest things, yes, do count, but to a standard, a biblical standard. Um, uh, here in uh, Psalms 50, uh, 85, verse 13, righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps into into a way in which to walk. Technically, the walk of you know of a born again believer. You know, once you get baptized, you start your walk. 
reminds me of a scripture that says when we draw closer to God, God draws closer to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that scripture just reminded me because when we start to walk in righteousness and the things that God
we all know that he's there, but I'm just saying, like, let's let's be honest. Like, what's the point of going to the party and all you see is the balloons and the cake and then nobody else is there? There's like, no hostess. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not about to jam by myself. Right. You know, so the goal is to be in relationship. The bonus is heaven. I want to give you guys that scripture again. Psalms 85:13. Righteous will go before him and will make his footsteps into a way. You got to understand that his, the way of righteousness is going to be ever before him. So anything right under him and his standard is before him. That's what uh, that's what we have to strive to, to in order to get to him. It's a part of his foundation. And we have to, we have to, in a way, accept that. And I know for a lot of us, it's hard to accept what we can't see believe in at the time because when you don't in today's society we're taught to believe in what we can see but to believe in Christ is to believe what you don't see but you believe in it believe in him with faith you know not to walk by sight but to walk by faith we have to understand that God is spiritual and all things spiritual have to be good standard of the biblical sense we have to be prepared to be with God because having that relationship with him is is one of the key founding of understanding that God is waiting for us he's waiting for everybody he doesn't he does not wish for all his children to perish hell was not made for us that's why he's taking his time and we got to understand, too, that God's time is not our time. Amen. A day for us can be a thousand years for him, and vice versa. A thousand years for us can be one day to him. Five minutes is like 13 years to him. Right. You know. And we also got to remember that if the Lord has chosen you, because, again, God has to choose you before you choose him. Amen. Remember, when he starts a good work in you, he's going to finish it. He's a promise keeper. He's not one to say, I'm going to start something in Suzy Q., and just leave it there. Look, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not even going to finish this project with Suzy Q. No, he picks Suzy Q. But also, Suzy Q has the free will to choose. Do I want to choose him back? Right. So if we, cho- if, if, if you choose him, he's going to finish the good work in you. Because why? In Jeremiah, it says he has plans for us to prosper. He doesn't tell us how that's going to happen. Sometimes we're going to face trials and tribulations. Not because he wants to see us suffer, but some of those experiences teach us patience, understanding, how to be righteous, and we grow from them, if you see it in that perspective. So he has plans for us to prosper, never to harm us. And it is in our choices that we make, whether we want to walk in that righteousness that he has before us, or that unhealthy self-righteousness into thinking and believing I don't need what God says I don't need what God is telling me to do because I got it all by myself I mean look at even Adam they thought that too they thought that too so I want to end this tonight with you guys are you righteous in yourself or are you striving or at least seeking to be righteous under God? Because to be self-righteous is only to love yourself. But to be
righteous under God is to love everyone, just as God loved you. He chose you before you were born. He chose you while you were still in the womb. He can count the hairs on your back and on your hair, period, on your scalp. He's chosen you and made you in His image. Not only physically, because nobody knows what God looks like, but spiritually too. And we lost that connection at the beginning. So I plead to you guys, don't be self-righteous. And prideful. And prideful, yeah. Don't be like the Pharisees and Sadducees and have God right in front of you and not even recognize Him. Or when He sends you someone to speak to you about Him. Right. Not all believers in Christ are those that want to push Jesus down your throat want to talk about how good he has been with us and how he can be good with you if you will simply allow it. So we thank you for joining us. We hope that we have encouraged someone today and please feel free to share, to post, to comment, to give us feedback. And again, we invite all those who want to join us on a podcast because we can make that possible. And I hope to bless you guys me and my husband, my husband and I, my family, to your family. Thank you for welcoming us into your home, into your cars, into whatever it is that you're listening to us from. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that on our next topic, we may continue to speak encouragement 